church today, Sunday before Christmas, and we've got so many uh, visitors here with us today. It's great to see you all here uh, joining with us for, for this special Christmas service. Great to have the Hilliers here. There's them and their extended family and their grandchildren as well. Um, I see Matt Downey here and Sam and Sharia Whitaker and lots of other visitors here. So if I didn't mention you, I'm sorry. Oh, now I can see you. But uh, it's great to have you all here with us today and pray that uh, the Holy Spirit may do something special in you. I would really have a burden on my heart to share something about being prepared for Jesus. So thanks, Annie, for that great communion message as well. Um, so it just flows on with... I just do need to do one little correction uh, in that reading. Uh, maybe there's a, a, an error in the reading. It said that John was not the light, but he was pointing to the light. Jesus was the light. So if you pick that up, um, uh, it said, uh, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light to, the, to everyone so they might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. So that's the correct uh, bit there. So a little bit of a, um, a mistake in the reading there. But uh, here we are, we're at uh, Christmas time already. So I'm um, really looking forward to Christmas. We'll be spending that with my family, uh, uh, exiled to Melbourne, but we'll be there soon. But it's a time of the year where we fold up, um, we fold up the, the mistakes, the, the experiences, sometimes the good things that have happened in the year, and we bring them all to a conclusion because it, it coincides with, with winding up a year. So uh, I know when I used to work in industry, uh, this time of year we used to pack everything up, we used to, um, we used to uh, put everything away, uh, clean it all up and store it away for only, a, you know, sometimes only a week or so, but it's like we're, we're closing it all down. Who remembers at school when it was the, the last day of school and you'd, you'd put all the chairs up on the desk? Anyone that old? So you'd put the chairs up on the desk so the cleaner could clean up over Christmas. But it, it is basically the, the, the commemoration or the memory that we have to celebrate the birth of Jesus as God became a, a, a human, a person. Uh, that's what we have Christmas for. So it's what we believe. Jesus was born a human. He was born a person. He lived a human life and he died a human death. That's what we believe. Um, his human body died, but his human body that died was resurrected to new life, to a supernatural spiritual life. And, and I want us to always remember that we're not uh, remembering Christmas trees or, or Christmas ham or turkey. We're remembering Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came and became a person. Uh, he wasn't just a good man. Some people will say, well, we'll just think that Jesus was a good man. He had lots of good stories, and so we have this memory of a good man. He wasn't a philosopher. He is the Son of God. He is the, the power of God in a person. And uh, it, it's a strange combination of humanity and God in one. So God, the, the amazing thing that I love about God is he makes whatever rules he wants. So he, he can be God and he can be man at the same time. And uh, that's what he did in Jesus. But the ancient prophets uh, of Israel pointed to Jesus. And I want to, I want to share a, a story. Maybe we'll get to it later. But if you grew up in Australia and you went to an Australian school, you would know the story of Burke and Mills. If you know the story, give me a, a wave or something. 
but if you, maybe if you're not from Australia, you may not have ever heard of these men. But uh, what I want to share, it's a strange Christmas message. But see, Burke and Wills were, were explorers and they were sent from Melbourne to travel right through the interior of Australia to the Gulf of Carpentaria and see what was in between. And the amazing part about it is they all perished except for one person. And uh, they never got lost. That's the amazing thing I find about the story. They, they, they weren't ever lost... They just weren't prepared. And what, what I find about the Christmas story when Jesus was born, those who he was born to, the people of Israel, didn't recognize him. They were unprepared for the Savior. They were unprepared for the Messiah. They were unprepared for Jesus to come. Even though all the prophets, all the writings, all the, all the, the scriptures and everything that they had, all their service and religion was based upon one day a Messiah will come and when he came they didn't recognize him. They were totally unprepared. And what I fear for the church today is we, we know that Jesus came once as a baby and lived as a human. And the promise from the word of God is that Jesus will return again for a pure and spotless bride, which is the church. And, and I hope the church is ready for his return. So we don't want to be like Burke and Wills where we, we had the truth. We knew where we were, but we didn't expect the Savior when he came. Do you get that this morning? So Isaiah 9 verse 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. The world as we know it isn't what God intended. The way the, way the world is isn't what God intended it to be. And God, through Jesus himself, makes a way for anyone who wants to, to reconnect with God. We do that through Jesus. So our theme this year is Jesus is the light. He's the light to a disturbed world. If you like modern language, he's light to a messed up world. He's life to a broken world. So we're, the world's disturbed. Jesus is a light to a disturbed world. We're disturbed by diseases today. We're disturbed by conflict. We're disturbed by... Um, environmental damage. We're disturbed by fears of all kinds. There's so many other disturbs that we could go through today. But there are many things that disturb humankind. But when we reference uh, Jesus, so the, the key word there is we're going to reference Jesus to all the disturbances in our life today. When we, dis when we reference Jesus to those things, to the world of our disturbance, we will see a change in our in a, in a person. So, so often we live life thinking, gee, I wish God would change so-and-so. I wish God would change circumstances around me. I wish God will do this or do that. The most important thing that God wants to do is work on your inner disturbance and bring peace to you. And then you'll find that everything else around you will take on a whole new perspective and a whole new understanding. So sometimes we think the problem is everything else and everyone else, but actually God just wants to say, I want to deal with you in this. And when we say, Jesus, I want to have a reference point in my heart that is you, then you can find that, that every other navigation point that you need to find will be found much easier. So number one, I want to just come, look at some of these reference points that we need to get right and some of these disturbances 
um, diseases to healing. When Jesus comes into our, into our circumstance, when he's our reference point, we go from disease to healing. Acts 10 verse 38. And it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There's a whole lot of things that we could see just in that, that picture that the disturbance comes into our world because of the work of the devil. Because um, he wants to oppress people. He wants to keep people uh, below what they were created to be. So uh, in, in Exodus 15 verse 26, a direct reference to Jesus, um, the, the, the Lord says of himself, For I am the Lord who heals you. Way back in Exodus when the people of Israel, who, who God was giving all this information about uh, about a day when the Messiah will come, a day when he'll come to them in person. He's saying, I am the God who heals you. And then we find in Jesus' life, one of the most important factors of his ministry was he went around doing good and healing people. And I don't think that has ever stopped. And so we need to understand that Jesus wants to bring healing into our diseases, into our sicknesses. The second thing, I'm moving quickly this morning, is going from conflict to peace. We don't have to look very far or, or, or um, find searching to find that there is conflict all around. I don't even have to refer to wars and other things because we can find enough conflict in our home to, to measure up to any kind of a, uh, war that you might imagine. Psalm 46 verse 9 uh, again, a direct reference to Jesus. It, it says that he causes wars to end. So when, if we think of that, I don't believe we can argue with the word of God. If the word of God says that, that he, the Lord is the one who causes wars to end, then every war that ever started had its end because God intervened. We often, you know, a lot of people will say the old uh, smoko-room theology will say that, well, religion is the start of all wars and all that kind of stuff. We'll do a little bit of research on that. You'll find that it's really not. But what I do know from what the Bible tells me is God is the one who causes wars to end. So someone else is causing them to start, but God is the one who's saying, well, I'll put my finger there and that's enough and we're going to cause that war to end. That gives me great confidence in God. Isaiah 9 verse 6 Again, direct reference to Jesus, uh, his birth and his purpose on earth. It says, For a child born, uh, will be born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So we, we've got to trust that when we have a, a Jesus reference, that we ought to go after the peace that he that he can provide us. He's our counsellor. What else to say? A wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And I think the generation in which we live in is, is very much um, described these days as, as fatherless, where people say, well, the, you, know, you, you can read books on it and all sorts of, of stuff that talk about the, the root cause of many problems in, in society today is because of a fatherless generation where people don't know that, that love, that nurture, the, the correct um, picture of a father in their homes has caused a breakdown in society. But we need to realise that we can have that filled because we're all going to say, well, I didn't have a, a, a good 
father figure in my home. I didn't have a good example that, that I could look up to. Some people we were disconnected from, from a father. Some people maybe never, um, never had a good father in, in the home. But what we do need to reference ourselves is a balance with a heavenly father that gives us the correct perspective of what a father is. And sometimes we won't ever find that in a human. Third one is that we, we live in a disturbed environment. And I'm just not, I'm not going all green. I still want to shoot rabbits. <laughs> but we live in, a, in an environment that's disturbed. We live in a disturbed world environmentally. We don't have to go far to see the scars inflicted on the earth. And I think most of those things are because of human greed and exploitation of the earth that uh, we see that, that it's, it's uh, disturbed. We live in a disturbed world. We live in a polluted world. can't believe I'm saying this. But when the environment is, is looked after, it's amazing how fast it comes back, how fast it recovers. Psalm 104 verse 30, the very last point says, again, reference point to Jesus, it says, he renews the earth. So we might think, well, how can, how can things recover? But we know that when we put things in place where we, where we uh, protect an environment, that it quickly recovers. No matter whether, whether it's in an ocean, whether it's in a forest, whether it's in a, in a, um, a, a, a um, what is it, a, a delicate environment that you can't let a cow walk on. When you, when you take the cow out, it's amazing how quickly it recovers. And that's because the Bible tells us that, that Jesus renews the earth. When you give them, uh, it says, when you give them your breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. Again, reference to Jesus in a disturbed world, even environmentally. So the Bible also talks about they're coming a day where there's going to be a new earth. And it goes all the way back to the book of Isaiah first mentions the concept of a new heaven and a new earth. And then that's carried through all the way to the book of Revelation. So the ultimate and final conclusion of this world will be the ushering in of a new one. So we need to realize that we have a reference point with Jesus into the disturbance of a broken down environment, that Jesus is the one who wants to correct that. And I'm not saying we don't think environmentally, because that is important, but we also need to realise that man's nature, when it's um, influenced by Satan, is to destroy. It, it'll wreck everything. And, and that's just how it will be until we get a Jesus reference point. The fourth one is we can be disturbed by fear. Disturbed by fears. Isaiah 41 verse 10, if we put the reference point of Jesus, that he is always with us. He's always with you. So don't be afraid, it says, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Jesus is always with you. We need to have a reference point in our fears. And sometimes fear gets a hold of us when, it's, when it's, uh, something hasn't even eventuated and we, we get caught in a trap of, of, uh, uh, of fear because we're worried about what might happen or we're worried about the consequences of things because we haven't got a reference point of Jesus in our life. So don't be disturbed by fears. 
I'm going to ask the musicians to come back and join me this morning. And as they do, I just want to go back a little bit to the story of Burke and Wills. So they left Melbourne with a huge party of men, animals, livestock, horses and camels, because they thought they were going to go out and find what was out in the, the, um, the inner parts of the Australian desert. The only problem was they, they were ill-prepared, ill-equipped for what they were going to find. So, for instance, just one little mistake they made is they chose camels. Now, camels are great in a desert. Camels, great long-distance animal, can carry a heavy burden. But what they didn't know, because they hadn't, no one had ever been there before, was a lot of what they were going to experience was rocky ground. And one thing that a camel can't do is walk on rocks. They're good for sand, but not rocks. And so their plan quickly fell apart. But the thing I want to get to you, to, to, to you to understand, is that they never actually were lost. They went all the way to the Gulf of Carpentaria. They split up into two groups because they, they knew they couldn't do it all as one big group. And they left one group. I've been to the station in Queensland where they, where they stayed, where they've got the, they call the dig tree. And the small group continued on to the Gulf of Carpentaria, made it there and, and came back. But they all died except for one person because they weren't prepared for the conditions that they were going to experience. Now, what I can say in a spiritual sense is we don't want to be like Burke and Wills who we never actually got lost, but we perished along the way because we weren't ready when Jesus came back. So we don't want to do that. And I know that, that the Holy Spirit wants to use this Christmas season to bring people back, to keep people safe to keep people on the right path. So you might feel like, well, I've never really been lost. But when you're unprepared spiritually, you'll find yourself perishing on the journey. You'll find yourself without the resource you need to get you through to the next day. It's one day at a time with the Holy Ghost in you. So, so it, it means you, you, you need to have a discipline in your life where you're saying, God, I need to spend time with you. I need to have that, that sustenance from the Holy Spirit every day. I need to go after that. But Christmas... It does bring extremes of emotions to people. For some, it's a, the best time. It's a time that they look forward to, that they long for. Every year they go, wow, I can't wait for Christmas. And for others, it's the worst time. One thing is for sure. If we look out past all the hype, all the consumerism and the commercialism, even the religion, Jesus will always be the light of the world. He was born in a human form and he's coming again for his people. 2 Peter 3.10 says the day of the Lord will come and we need to realize that and understand it. I want to end with God's invitation to us today. It's found in Isaiah 49 verse 9. Jesus says, I will say to the prisoners, come out in freedom and to those in darkness come into the light they will be my sheep grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously bare.
just bow your heads and let me pray with you this morning. Lord Jesus, we just want to reference you today. We want to reference you as a light point in our life. The, po- the point where illumination comes to our spirit. Where our walk is, is empowered by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the, the Word of God. I pray, Lord God, that each person this Christmas may have opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit again, to experience your navigation points again in life. Father, I pray that people will find the freedom to be born again into the light, that people may reference Jesus into into all the disturbed parts and be at peace with God. So, Father, we just thank you today that you are able and you are willing to do within us more than we could ever hope or imagine. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So church, I wish you a very happy and great Christmas. And I look forward to what God is planning for us next year as a church. I want to encourage you to... um, Start preparing yourself for the supernatural. Start believing God for supernatural moments, for supernatural experiences. And I I know it's not just going to be a theme. It's going to be a revelation. It's going to be a lifestyle that God is wanting to take us on as a church. So um, whatever you have to do over the next few weeks, over over this part of life, um, give yourself some room to spend with Jesus and to hear his voice and to uh, get a little bit closer to him. And I know that uh, we're going to see stories and experience things that um, God is doing in our lives that we thought were impossible because supernatural is all about things that can't happen happening. Things that that, uh, are impossible can happen. And I want us to be a church that is supernatural in every way. So thanks, guys. We're just going to sing something else for us. All right, God bless you. Have a great Christmas, everyone.